the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Jiskler here. Super excited because we've got a fun show coming your way over the next 90 minutes. In 10 minutes, we're going to Nickel State University. We're having their golf coach, Coach James Schilling, on the line. We'll be talking some Nichols golf with Coach Schilling. We'll also be talking some PGA Tour, Live Golf. You guys have joined us when Coach Schilling has come on before. We're going to get all up into some golf stuff and we're looking forward to doing so in the next segment of the show. And then at noon, LSU fans, a lot of things to talk about, right? Kayshawn Booty coming back to the program. Brian Kelly getting his team prepared for the bowl game. LSU having some momentum on the recruiting trail. We'll have Mike Scarborough with TigerBait.com on to chat about all things LSU. That'll be happening at noon. And then at 12.15, it's Tuesday. It's Terrebonne General Tuesday. Mr. Stan Gravlov will be joining us. He and I will be talking about high school basketball, the end of the football season, high school locally. We'll talk about the Saints and the debacle that that was last night. Maybe a little LSU. I'm sure Stan will have some thoughts about Kayshawn Booty as well. We'll talk about all that at 12.15. That'll run through about 12.35-ish. Then at the bottom of the show, I'll give you my thoughts on the embarrassment that was the New Orleans Saints losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 17-16. Why I think, quite frankly, it was the final uh, bell, the, you know, the, the, the funeral bells are, are singing. The Saints season is over. The Saints season has been over, but now officially it is over and it's time to start looking ahead because there's some big changes that need to be made. But first we're going to start off with our local high school basketball scoreboard from last night. It was a light slate. Mondays usually are, um, on the local boys basketball slate. You had Ellen, they hosting Lord Beaconsfield Landry. And falling, 79-63. to 63. The Patriots are off to a rough start to the year. Man, Ellender's young. They're athletic. They're talented. They've got guys who could play. But they're not holding up as well against the city schools, the teams that they historically go play and you know have great results with. They're struggling a little bit to start the year. Ellender goes out to Lake Charles Tournament this past weekend, loses two straight. Then they lose to Lord Beaconsfield Landry at home yesterday, allowing 79 points. Tough result for the Patriots. Last night, I believe that was the only local score on the scoreboard, um, and it was. On the boys' basketball side, it was light last night. On the girls' basketball scoreboard last night, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a few more results, including Central Lafouche getting a road win, 32-23 to against Frederick Douglass, a good win for the Lady Trojans who continue their early season momentum. We had Hanville beat the Ellender Lady Patriots 48-44. to And, you know, I know that I come on here often and I say, uh, you know, I don't worry about Ellender's record. And by the time the season gets to district, they're going to be ready. And all these little cliches and different things that we say, it may be time to start worrying about the Ellender girls. Because... They are one, two, three, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're three and eight. Three and eight. And they're heading into matchups with Warren Easton. That's not going to be easy. They've still got a game with John Curtis. District play, you play Vanderbilt. That's not going to be easy. 
They're going to some tournaments coming up. You know, you're at the Hanville tournament. It's not going to be easy. Ellender better start finding some wins or they're going to put themselves against a seed number that's going to be too much to dig out of. Um, so that's the struggle for the Patriots is how do you find enough wins here to make sure that you get an advantageous seed going into the postseason. Uh, also last night, South Lafouche girls basketball fell to Mount Cornwall 51-38. The Lady Tarpons go on the road and face a 5A foe and come up a little bit on the short end of it. Berwick beats Lauraville 33-19. It's a good win for Berwick. Patterson falls to St. Martinville 47-29. So our local girls scoreboard had more results on it. CCA gets a 47-13 win over First Baptist Christian. So our local girls scoreboard, as we said a second ago, is was more filled than our local boys scoreboard. Tonight there will be games across the area, including a game that will put our radio team to work. But first we've got Central Lafouche. Traveling to take on Noma. I saw Noma for the Jamboree out at Thibodeau High School. I think Central Lafouche will be heavily favored in that game. A great chance for Coach Latin and his crew to get a win. East St. John will be hosting Family Christian. Hanville was scheduled to play McMain, but that game has been canceled. You got Terrebonne that'll be traveling to take on South Terrebonne. Thibodeau traveling to take on Assumption. That'll be a fun matchup there. Um, we also tonight have Morgan City hosting White Castle. And then the game that you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB, South Lafouche hosting Jesuit. Jesuit's really good. It's going to be a big challenge for the Tarpons tonight to try to slow them down, try to keep them under control. Patterson saw them a couple nights ago. They're going to be hosting Southside. That's going to be one whale of a game. I saw Southside at the Thibodeau tournament. I saw Patterson on Friday night. I think Patterson has more athletes than they do, but I think Southside will be better equipped to slow them down. Homa Christian will be hosting VB Glencoe Charter. That's an opportunity for Homa Christian to get another early season win, perhaps. And then we also have Central Catholic of Morgan City, who will be traveling to take on Vanderbilt. I saw Coach Case yesterday at middle school basketball, and they're real excited about their varsity team. They're going to be taking on Vanderbilt, a team that's really, really good. So that'll be a good test both ways there, as the Eagles will be taking on Vanderbilt Catholic. On the girls' basketball side of things, I could tell you that tonight we've got HL Bourgeois hosting South Terrebonne. That'll be a cross-parish rivalry matchup. We've also got Terrebonne hosting Assumption. Thibodeau hosting Donaldsonville. Um, let's see. We also locally have Morgan City was scheduled to play Hanson, but that game has been canceled, of course, because of the disciplinary issues with Morgan City. Vanderbilt is hosting Southern Lab. Boy, that's a test. Southern Lab is a factory. Coach Kiana Cheney, former great LSU player. She actually was at LSU when I was in school. She's got that program roaring. They're taking on Vanderbilt. That'll be a fun matchup today. E.D. White traveling to take on Ascension Catholic. Be an opportunity for Coach Sinak and his crew to get a win. <clears throat> Berwick will be taking on the Louisiana School for the Deaf. That'll be on the road. And then we've got uh, St. James that will be hosting Homa Christian. Coach Kathy Luke and her crew We'll be trying to get another early season win and continue the strong start to the year that they have had. Then we round it out with Central Catholic. Oh, see, never mind. That one's been postponed. Central Catholic girls were scheduled to face West St. John, but I see that game has been postponed. And that rounds out our local scoreboard for the area tonight as we've got a lot of teams that will be in action and can't wait to run down all of those scores for you tomorrow. For the game that we'll have right here on the radio, South Lafouche and Jesuit. Jesuit is going to be so incredibly fundamentally sound. They're going to be so incredibly disciplined. 
And the Tarpons better be ready to play their best game of the year because if they don't, um, they're going to get beat up here in this game against Jesuit. Jesuit's not a team that you could afford to turn over the ball 20, 30 times against. If you do that against them, they are going to beat you decisively. <laughs> they're going to, they, you know, it's not going to be a result that you'd be very pleased with at the end of the day. So South Lafouche taking on Jesuit will be a big test, big challenge for the Tarpons. Can their guards control the basketball? Can they get the ball inside? Can they get Daniels enough touches down low to give themselves a chance? If they do, they've got a great opportunity. Uh, if they don't, it's not going to likely be a result that Coach Brody and his staff will be pleased with. But that one you'll be able to hear at oh, about 7 o'clock-ish. They've got a junior varsity game at 6. Varsity will start just north of 7. We'll have our little pregame show, and then we'll rock and roll. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to chat with James Schilling of Nichols Golf. We'll ask him about the PGA Tour, Tiger Woods, and also, of course, his, his Nichols team, which is uh, getting ready for their spring season. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. It's the Big Finner Sales event right now at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call state farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. You may think every weather app is the same, until you see Weatherbug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. 
Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. Terrebonne General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances in medical technology with a gentle caring touch. This is evident in our high-tech, high-touch approach to healthcare. As a trusted healthcare resource, we deliver both life-saving, compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care, while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the Bayou region. To learn about how Terrebonne General is providing innovative healthcare solutions, visit tghealthsystem.com. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We're joined on the phone lines now by a good buddy of the show. We hadn't heard from Coach James Schilling in a while, so we figured we'd call him up and talk some golf. Coach Schilling, good morning, man. How are you? Good morning, Casey. It's uh, nice to be back on your show. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys are fresh off of your fall season where you guys got some work in, and now you're heading towards your spring season, which will be coming up right around the corner. Tell us about the fall. How'd you guys play, and what are some things you guys are looking to polish up before the spring? We're uh, wrapping up finals right now on campus uh, over at Nichols, and uh, I know I'm definitely uh, excited about the spring semester. JT and I had actually uh, met yesterday, had kind of a wrap-up meeting, and um, just I mentioned to him how excited I was to be back at full full uh, full speed with all of our players healthy and able to play. Um, looks like we'll have Braxton Kuntz, uh, who was our number one or two player. Uh, back for the spring semester, so we've got six tournaments, and I'm definitely looking uh, looking forward to it. I think we're going to be uh, with him back in the lineup. We're going to be very competitive. We so much enjoyed our uh, opportunity to do the show live from your home tournament last spring. Are you guys hosting again? And, and if so, what are the, what are the dates for that? We're actually going to shift that tournament to the fall, so we're going to go from a spring event in 2023 to a fall event. Nice. So we're. So we're actually going to announce that um, at a later time. And it looks like we'll be moving that event back to Lafouche Parish where Nichols is. So it looks like we'll be back at Latour because uh, it's back in good, sh- really excellent shape right now. And um, we'll be looking to kind of move that back. We try to keep that within the parish, you know, and um, Latour is a nice place to have it because it's centrally located, good access to the airport for the teams that fly in and so forth. So, uh, we're going to kind of shift it back there where we've actually had it before. And um, we uh, we were grateful for the year that we had it at Ellendale. And there may be a time that we have it back at Ellendale. You know, the players really enjoyed it. And, of course, you know, Ellendale's a fantastic golf course as well, as you saw when you were there. Yeah, for sure. You know, you talked about, you know, some of the injuries and different things that you battled in the fall. I'm sure that uh, created some opportunities for maybe some younger or less experienced players to have opportunities to perform. A little bit more of a seasoned team as you guys approach the spring, right? Yeah, you know, the, you know, the fall was good in that it, 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 it provided exactly what you said. 
it provided an opportunity for some guys that are typically uh, don't see playing time at the Division One level, um, able to get out there and play against some quality competition over Georgia State and Louisiana Tech tournaments against SEC teams, and you know really see what it's all about. Um, everyone talks about Division One, but it's a huge step up from playing you know high school golf and junior golf, and um, we're able to to, to to not only give those guys. Uh, an opportunity to compete and travel and see what that's about, but they also got they ha- they were provided with an opportunity to measure where their game is currently against uh, Division One caliber and focus on some of the things that they need to improve upon going forward. For sure, let's talk about the PGA Tour for a second. You know, we're kind of in that quiet time in December where there. Are- showcase events and team events and different things not a whole lot happening on tour but it's also a great time to look ahead for the upcoming season and some guys that you know you may be poised to break out who are some of those guys coach that we should be looking out for that you think are due to have a really really strong year coming up yeah you you know it's a it's a it's an odd time of 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 year in that um you know we, we you know we have kind of two tours now you have the you know the live tour and you and you have the pga tour which is which is held together um pretty well uh going forward i i think as long as this back and forth continues i think rory i i, I you know it's, it's easy to say this but i think i think rory is going to really have a good year i think um i think a lot of the of him kind of taking the torch and being somewhat the spokesperson that's still a player you know, Tiger is a spokesperson for the spokesperson for the tour, but he's basically said that he's going to play probably the major championships and then a few other tournaments, just because that's all that he can really do uh, body wise. That's all his body will allow him to do over four days. So he, you know, he'll focus on that. So he'll be playing six to eight events a year. So so that tour just kind of needs to be passed on to someone that's actually going to be out there, you know, 16 to 20 events throughout the year. And I think, I think that person will be Rory McElroy and, and his game has improved, uh, and kind of had a resurgence since he's kind of been put into that role, if you will. So, uh, I, I think that'll continue going, going forward into next year as well. Coach, tell us about, you know, the whole live golf thing. You and I have talked about this at length, but I see now there are some talks and, you know, maybe some whispers that Greg Norman will be phased out. And a lot of uh, tour players on the PGA side are saying that, you know, if the tours are going to work together, that's the number one thing that needs to happen. If Greg Norman is removed, is there some sort of a, a middle ground here where the tours can maybe work together or just find some sort of peace to where, it's not every day a new headline about somebody bashing the other tour, whatever it may be. Will that happen in 2023, you think? I, 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 I do, and uh, furthermore, I, I think we're seeing that already. Um, the animosity between the two seems th- are the daily headlines that you mentioned are starting to slow down with the negativity. There's still a few shots back and forth. I feel that you're going to see Greg Norman phased out, removed, whatever you want to say. That will eventually lead to, which tells me, if they're going to phase him out, if the ownership group uh, for Liv is going to, going to phase him out, that shows me that they are looking for some sort of a compromise 
where they can be an affiliate or more of a world tour. So I think I think you'll eventually have this. You'll have your DP tour, which is a European, very similar to what you have with the PGA tour. So you'll have two bases there. Now the the DP that the that tour that was the European tour they play in. You know they're not just in England. They kind of move around and stuff. But I think what you'll have is you'll have the PGA tour, that tour, the DP World Tour, which is what it's called now, and then there'll be some sort of a agreement tied in with what is now the live tour and i think it'll just be more um it'll be a situation where there won't be a you have to play the live tour or you have to play the pga tour i think eventually you're going to get to a spot where they'll be able to go back and forth maybe six to eight events or something like that whichever ones they choose to play which is basically what they were doing before uh, people act like there's this huge um, line drawn in the sand about players playing overseas in Dubai or whatever. Before the Live Tour was formed, that happened all the time yep. at this time of year. Tiger was over there. Rory was over there playing in all these events because they would play. They would pay huge um, uh Show up fees, if you will. Um, you know, uh, whereas the PGA Tour really doesn't do that. They have a system now in place where you get rewarded at the end, but there wasn't a fee to say we're going to give you five hundred thousand dollars to come play in our tournament. That uh, the PGA Tour does not do that. Whereas the events over in the desert and stuff like that, they were done that way. And Rory and Tiger and the guys on the tour would play in that. Now it's just that the live is branched off to their own deal, and the PGA Tour has drawn a line. You, you can do one, but you can't do the other. Um, that's that's where it currently is. But I think that's gonna that's gonna loosen up, and it's gonna loosen up because that's what's best for the game, and it's gonna benefit. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't benefit the live tour to have Dustin Johnson and just a few stars lap the field and 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 win the events for the season-ending rankings like he did last year. It, it, it benefits every tournament when you have a deep field, you know, and you really never know who's going to win versus just Dustin Johnson playing against Lee Westwood or Louis Hustays and who are about my age. I mean, that's just not, that's just not what, the, what, what the viewing public really wants to see. It gets to be boring. And I understand that there's a team concept to it with the Live Tour, but that novelty is somewhat worn off too. So, you know, yes, they have Brooks Kepka on the live tour. Yeah, you got Bubba Watson, but those guys are injured and don't even play a whole lot. So, you know, I think it would really benefit the live tour if they can get some of the PGA Tour players. As the, you know, kind of battle cries start silencing a little bit and the shots stop being fired as frequently. Do we see a situation where you're going to start getting, you know, world golf ranking points for those live events? But that's been a big sticking point, and a lot of players are kind of hurting in their world rankings right now because they haven't been getting any. Will that be something that gets traversed in the future? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think all that could be worked out. My opinion is it probably would have been worked out already if Greg Norman had not been in basically the focal person, I'm, I'm not going to say the president, but kind of the ringleader of the of the Live Tour. He has had a uh, 
very combative attitude towards the PGA Tour, always has. Um, I don't know what that really ties back to because the PGA Tour is what made Greg Norman. And uh, for him to basically uh, behave the way that he has is a bit perplexing to me, considering that's where he grew his brand, his short brand. He was a phenomenal player. He was an excellent player. There's no question about that. But he hasn't had the best uh, uh, reputation, if that is, for regard as working with others and uh, definitely towards his attitude towards the PGA Tour. It's, it's been very, very, um, like I said, combative. Interesting stuff. Coach, man, we thank you so much for the time. We're going to have you on again throughout the winter leading up to your spring season. Okay, pal? Fantastic. Thanks, and uh, keep keep things rolling with the show really enjoy it yes sir thank you so much that is coach james Schilling with nichols golf doing an excellent job we love having him on and we're going to continue to do so let's catch a break when we get back we're going to the world of lsu recruiting while mike scarborough on we'll be chatting with him about everything happening in Tigerland. it is play-by-play here on kleb we'll be right back after this do you want a free easy go golf cart golden motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart all you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle to get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Do you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. It's that time of the year. It is December the 6th. Recruiting is hot and heavy. The college football season is in that little lull in between the bowl season and the playoff. And we're happy and honored to be joined by Mike Scarborough of uh, Tiger Bait here in this segment of the show. Mike, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Doing good, man. It is uh, a little bit of lull. I was talking with uh, a fellow media person here that covers LSU, and we're like, okay, well, they're in exam, so we've got no Mulkey. No McMahon, no games, um, and while the portal's been going crazy for across college football, it's been quiet for LSU. So BK 
uh, Brian Kelly has, has done a fantastic job of uh, having his kids have meetings with him before they do anything, and those meetings are ongoing, but I I have a feeling that uh, there might be uh, some portal news that's going to start today, possibly, but um, I, I think uh, he's going to – I think LSU might fare better than most schools with, with getting the guys to return that um, – uh, in bigger numbers uh, that the guys that they actually want back. Yeah, tell us about that, man. You know, I saw yesterday Ole Miss had about nine, ten of them enter the portal. A&M's been hit hard, but it was a little surprising to not see a single LSU player on the first day. Uh, there's going to probably be a handful, you know, here or there before it's all said and done. That's just the name of the game today. But so far, great job by, you know, with, with retention. And, and look, Mike, you know this as well as I do. Program retention and roster retention has been a big problem for LSU. They've lost a lot of guys early to the draft that had no business being in the draft. They lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal, whatever it may be. It looks like, at least so far, Brian Kelly's kind of fixed that problem. Yeah, I, I think, you know, look, he's been asked a question about what to expect. In fact, I asked him on the uh, teleconference Thursday, um, about it you know what were they expecting and what how prepared were they and um every since he arrived at lsu we've seen his attention at detail and i think right now that we're what 36 hours into the portal opening up uh and and there's been no major lsu news so far other than Butte coming back um is it, telling that he he and his staff impressed upon their players look if you're going to hit the portal, that's fine. But please, you know, sit down, uh, do me a favor, and make sure you sit down with us and let's talk about it. Uh, and I know they're bringing parents in along with them for these meetings, uh, parents and the player in, in sit-down meetings. And if the parents can't be there, they're probably getting them on Zoom. But um, good for him. It, it, it's um, That way he's not going to get caught off guard with, uh, you know, thinking that he's okay with a player and he's not um and so but i think it might also be the case with some players where he's in agreement that yeah you you um you might be better off going in the portal and, and and looking for an opportunity elsewhere so um then you start to wonder you know over the next three or four years if there's a certain percentage of portal kids that you can expect this time of year, and that number, uh, that percentage starts to get pretty consistent. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, the the big question that a lot of Tiger fans are wondering is about the future of Jaden Daniels in Baton Rouge. I know he's kind of on the fence. Some draft boards have him as you know the sixth or seventh quarterback. Um, he's kind of you know maybe a fifty fifty call would be the kind of that middle round guy. What are you hearing, if anything, about Daniels? You know, either going to the draft or coming back for his senior season. Uh, I'm I'm about ninety percent in belief that he's coming back. Very good. Uh, and I and I'm a guy that if anybody's watched our YouTube show, uh, I've been a guy all season long that felt he was going pro. And uh, everything that I've learned in the last week or so, especially in the last forty eight hours, uh, tells me that he's coming back. Um, so unless something changes, I think that's the way it's going to uh, play out. And um, and now BK has to have with him coming back. You know, th- th- it's there's dominoes that can in, in every scenario with the quarterback spot that can go along the way. So 
Nussmeyer obviously uh, threw for a ton of yards in the SEC championship game. He's feeling good, uh, and he's wanting to return. Um, you've got Walker Howard, obviously, uh, is your third guy. Um, and then you got Ricky Collins coming at midterm. So uh, you've got to think that something is, is going to give there. So how does BK play that? Um, you can look good today. Maybe you don't look good by the end of the week. And maybe you think you're in good shape. And then you're, you've got a really bad scenario in May. Um, uh, I, I, could, I could write scenarios two or three different ways with who the quarterbacks are uh, right now and, and how things could play out. And um, it, it, it's, it, you, can, you, you can have four quarterbacks and be down to two and, and be in a dire situation if your number one gets hurt in August if you don't handle this the right way. Yeah, no doubt, man. There's going to definitely be a game of chess before spring football and beyond. LSU's recruiting class sits with 23 commitments right now. It's currently one of the top classes in the country. They've lost a guy or two here there in the last week or so, but there are still some pretty big fish on the board that the Tigers feel like they're sitting pretty good with. How do you think they close out this class, man? Are they going to be able to hold on to that top you know, five, top three type class? I think so. Uh, with Tobiano and Desmond Ricks out there, I think LSU's in great shape for – uh, both of those, uh, you got the Harbor kid that's going to come in for a visit. The uh, you know one of the top athlete edge rushers on the East Coast, uh, Isaac Smith in Mississippi that they'd obviously like to flip. Um, and of course, we've got a, a headline story today on um, uh, Jackson McGowan uh, uh, or McGohan, however you want to say it, uh, tied in from Cincinnati that. Uh, Dan Brock's after who decommitted from Cincinnati yesterday. And um, I think LSU's in a really good spot for him. But um, I think the recruiting class is going to be secure right there in the middle of the top ten, uh, possibly right inside the top five. But I think it could very well be, depending on what happens with the portal, who LSU might lose from their current roster, I think the portal could be uh, possibly as big or bigger for LSU's roster next season than the incoming freshman class. So, so tell us about that. That's a great segue to the next question I was going to ask. Is that I saw you know they offered a defensive lineman from the MAC and you know some different things. And Brian Kelly's been vocal about hey, you know we're not just a hundred percent open for business. It's got to be a roster fit or somebody with Louisiana ties. What are some position groups that you think LSU is going to be pinpointing in the portal to try to add a little bit of depth to their roster? Well, it, you know, so then it, when he says he, he would prefer guys with Louisiana ties, then you start, you know, uh, you know, turning the pages back and saying, okay, who are the who are the guys that um, in the last three recruiting cycles or three or four uh, that um, didn't sign with LSU or didn't get an offer from LSU that have actually gone somewhere and done something big. Um, I think there were, uh, while LSU obviously they did a fantastic job filling holes with the portal last year, I think they had a pretty decent, pretty above, uh, an above-average hit rate on who actually contributed and gave them, you know, uh, starters and, and playing time. Obviously, Jaden Daniels and Bernard Converse were huge. Uh, Wingo and and and. Uh, Garner, uh, Brooks, uh, Boucher, um, and of course, you know, Lacey had some nice uh, catches the other night. So, but still, 
you know, I think probably in year two, if you're going to go to the portal, um, you probably want some higher end guys across the board. Um, and, and so I think they're going to eventually um, get a uh, look for a running back in the portal. Um, could there maybe be an offensive lineman? I think they're a defensive tackle or an edge rusher if they're out there, a linebacker. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm about to list DB. So that's almost every position. <laughs> and yeah. so, and then, then you have to wonder with some of the issues they've had on special teams, might there be some specialists that Polian uh, would like to get? Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, kind of to summarize what you're saying and tell me if I'm wrong, like last year, they just needed to fill out the roster. Needed a bunch of base hits. This year, they're going to get a little more greedy, try to hit some home runs, right? Yeah. Um, and that's when you get into this whole deal. What are we going to see? You know, for the most part, transfer portal kids, except for, uh, you know, quarterbacks, um, you know, most of the time kids that get in the portal are there for a reason. They weren't starters or things didn't go their way, and they're, they're looking for a fresh start somewhere. Um, but there's going to be other times where a kid is absolutely a hit. Maybe he's a first-team All-Conference USA um, or second-team All-Big uh, Ten, and uh, you can get him because now you get the NIL factor involved. And so um, how do you play that? I, I think it's going to become obvious, too, uh, across the board where you, you're and – I'm, and I'm already hearing it. Um, I'm hearing stuff all morning today. Um, the tampering that's out there is off the charts. Yeah. And the way it's being done, the way the word's getting back to the players, um, it, it really is the Wild West. It's crazy, but it's also not together uh, surprising given what we know about how things have been going. Mike, were you a little surprised to see Boutique come back? I mean, look, he, he announced it pretty much on the first unofficial day of the offseason. You know, said openly, hey, I want to win a championship. It wasn't the season that he had hoped for. Uh, but he did come on late. Were you surprised to see that news that he was going to be back for his uh, his next season? Yes and no. I, I I think with the season he had, I think it, it it it's it's good for him to come back. Um, but look, here's the other part of it. The you know some of the the issues he had this past season are they maybe not any different because Jaden Daniels is coming back. And that's not just him. That's all the receivers. Um, no, you know, other than neighbors, what wide receiver on the roster is happy with their production this past season? Yeah. Right? So, um, but he did come off injury. He hasn't looked himself. Um, you know, certainly in the second half uh, in Atlanta, you know, that, that looked like some old uh, Kayshawn Boutte. Um, but, I've also thought, had he gone pro, had he decided to go pro, that, you know, a guy like him, you know, goes to one of these, uh, you know, uh, NFL draft gurus that gets him ready for the combine, and we know what he was, what kind of track athlete he was in high school. Uh, he was the, the, what, the state 100-meter champion or 200-meter guy uh, two years in a row. Um, so... Depending on his preparation, he could have scaled up the charts despite not having, you know, over a thousand yards receiving or, or close to it. Yeah, I think they're excited to have him back, and and uh, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. But 
I, I think this quarterback thing is going to be real interesting now because um, they, they, they've, uh, and, you know, they had four quarterbacks there last spring, and you're going to, and, and you know, are you going to have that again with Daniels, Nussmeyer, Walker, Howard, and Ricky Collins? Um, last year it was the same, except it was Miles Brennan. And does he throw the uh, the quarterback competition wide open? Um, how much uh, reps with the ones do, does each guy get? Um, because you, I, I can make a case as, as, as much as uh, I think Jaden Daniels was absolutely uh, pivotal to LSU having the record they have this year. And I think had uh, he not been there, and it would have been Nussmeyer, um, you know, they would have gone 6-6, six 7-5 six, at best. But I can also see a scenario where with Jaden Daniels returning, because, and, and if he stays healthy, where maybe the record is almost identical next year just because of his limitations throwing the football and at times, you know, not having a good game or two. Yeah, very interesting th- stuff, and, Mike. And how, and how willing, at that point, are you willing to hand over the ball and really – let a second quarterback into the game um, because Nussmeyer or Walker Howard would be a year older and more mature. So I guess, you know, talk me through that. And as the last question, I'll let you go after this. Is there a scenario in, in your eyes where Daniels returns and ends up not being the starter because someone else catches him from behind? Yeah, I, I don't know what those conversations are like. You know, Brian Kelly is going to be is meeting with each one of those guys. Um. Uh, I don't think each one of them is being told what they want to hear. Um, but I think they all want something that's fair and equitable. And so that, that's the tightrope you got, you got to walk. And you, don't, and you don't say this is how it's going to be in the spring and this is going to be the allotment for reps, and then once spring starts, that doesn't materialize. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Partner, we thank you so much for the time. Before we let you go, where where can we find the great work that you know the team that I'm also proud to be part of puts out? That's it. Go to tigerbait.com. We got a lot for you on the website right now and more coming and um we're just weeks away from um signing day, but uh I think between now and then it's it's uh it's about it's really going to get crazy. I I'm shocked that it hasn't gotten bananas for LSU yet but I think that's coming. Sounds like a winner. Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Talk soon. Yep. That is Mike Scarborough with Tiger Bay doing an excellent job. Interesting to hear. He thinks Daniels is coming back. He thinks that there are some other quarterbacks in the room that are really solid. It's a fun time to be an LSU Tiger. Let's catch a break when we get back. Stan Gravois will be chatting with us. It is our Terrible and General Tuesday here on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun 102.7 FM. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. 
Do you want a free EasyGo golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 Dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at BentsRV.com. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. It's Tuesday and it's well. I was about to say 12.15, but I ran a little bit late with Mike Scarborough in the last segment, so we're a little bit behind. 12.20 works, too, though. It is play-by-play on KLEB Tuesdays at 12.15. Mean it's time for our Terrible and General Tuesday, and we have Stan Gravois on the line now. Partner, good afternoon. How are you? Good, Casey. Good. Everything's going well. Well, you know, except if you're a Saints fan. Or an LSU fan, or, you know, I guess an E.D. White <laughs> yeah. fan. You know, not a whole lot of good football news this past weekend. Let's start with the high school ranks. The Cardinals have their season ended against St. Thomas Moore. Doesn't take away from the fact that it was an unbelievable year, but the Cardinals going out to Lafayette and uh, just couldn't take advantage of some of the opportunities that were given to them, and St. Thomas Moore rolls into the dome. Yeah, you know, after the first couple of plays that E.D. White ran on offense, I thought maybe, just maybe, St. Thomas More is not going to be able to figure out this uh, option deal, right? Well, they figured it out pretty quick. And that first offensive series obviously was the best offensive series the entire night for E.D. White. St. Thomas More is good, Casey. I mean, they could do it all. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. On defense, they're good up front. Their linebackers are very active. Their defensive backs are really good. I mean, break on the ball well. So that's, that's a good football team. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I wish I could, but I can't imagine how good that district is. It's really unbelievable to think that they're going to be playing Lafayette Christian, who beat Sterling Catholic, who also, you know, played with Westgate in that same district. That's pretty amazing. If if E.D. White and St. Thomas More played ten times, I'm not sure that E.D. White could beat them once. Wow, that's very high praise for St. Thomas More, and it's hard to disagree. 
We kind of shift gears to basketball where we have a lot of talent in the area. The Vanderbilt boys and girls are exceptional. We know that Ellen there's going to come around, though both teams are kind of slow starting. Tara Bone's playing well on the boys' side. Thibodeau on the girls' side is playing super well. We got a situation where I think we're going to have multiple playoff teams, and I think we're going to have some teams that are going to be capable of winning a round or two and making a little push. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, you mentioned Vanderbilt Catholic. We've been seeing it sort of brewing for the last couple of years, both with the boys and girls program. So that's that's not a surprise. What, the only caution we should take, maybe pumping the brakes just a little bit, is it is December, and we have seen some of our coaches in the area really know how to find the magic, you know, during December. So, again, some of those traditionally good teams that are not doing so well right now, you know, Ellender, which I don't call what they're doing not doing well necessarily, but it's not like going out and just blasting everybody. Give them a little time. They'll be fine. And uh, when it comes January, that's when we start maybe separating the contenders and the pretenders a little bit more. I just got off the line with Mike Scarborough in the last segment of the show, and we were talking some LSU and, you know, kind of go lighter on the SEC championship game because that was brutal. <laughs> but a lot has happened since then. Also, you got Kayshawn Bouti who's coming back. And what was interesting, Stan, is that in talking with Mike in the last segment, I asked him point blank. I said, Mike, is Jaden Daniels coming back? And he said probably 90 95% that he is going to come back and that LSU's not really expecting to lose anybody to the draft, maybe a guy here or there. But, boy, it looks like the mindset and the mentality in that program right now is we're running it back and we're going to try to win the championship. Booty said that in his announcement. I came to LSU to win a championship, haven't done it yet. And when you see that the way LSU competed in the second half, despite the game being out of reach, they continued to play, never quit, never gave up. Brian Kelly still very much so got that locker room, and it's good to see. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think the effort was tremendous, especially in the second half. I think even in the first half, it was some, I don't want to call it luck, because obviously Georgia sort of makes their luck sometimes, but to have a ball bounce off of the helmet of a player and, you know, things like that, uh, I don't want to get into special teams too much, because if you are going to get nitpicky, maybe special teams with LSU is somewhere where you can say, you know, I don't know that we've, seen anything get better because I don't know that it has gotten better but from a standpoint of seeing a lot of players get better even listen I maybe expectations were a little bit too high with Boutte you know maybe it's a deal where he sort of is what he is I will say this I do think if you're any wide receiver on that team you sort of have to take a a, 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 a look back and go wow it, it, that second half Nussmar showed me some stuff, and I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if he's capable of doing this on a consistent basis because if he is, there's a lot of wide receivers who would want to play for LSU. Unfortunately, Daniels just wasn't consistent enough doing that, but there's a lot of things going forward that are good. Maybe the biggest problem with Coach Kelly is is who to play You know, going forward. That might cause him his biggest problem. And that was another thing that Mike mentioned is that, hey, Daniels may well be back, but it may be a situation where Coach Kelly reopens the quarterback uh, situation. Because, look, I think we all understand and agree that the reason why Daniels was named the starter is because LSU had a really young offensive line that Coach Kelly didn't think would be any good at the beginning of the year, and he wanted the guy who could best run out of trouble. And he wasn't wrong. At the beginning of the year, LSU's offensive line was a mess, but as those young guys matured – 
there was a little bit more time to throw, a little bit more time for a guy to stand in the pocket, and that creates opportunities for a Nussmeyer or Walker Howard potentially. Because you're right, in the second half against Georgia, Nuss came in and he was throwing darts, man, and it added a vertical element to the offense that hadn't been there all year. Yep, I agree, and I also thought that having Williams back in the backfield, even though he was sort of limited and probably on a pitch count, he adds a little oomph, I don't know what it is, a little mojo to the offense, and I thought you got that from him. Uh, Again, in the second half, I was pleased as far as the effort goes. We know Georgia's really good. We knew Georgia was really good. We knew what potentially could happen in that game, and the worst-case scenario happened to LSU for about a – I would say about a maybe a quarter, a 15-minute span in there. And besides that, I thought they sort of held their own, and they did a good job. So, yeah, I was very impressed with what they did. Going to the Citrus Bowl now, taking on Purdue, doesn't look like they're going to be a ton of opt-outs, maybe a guy here or there. Uh, Daniels is going to look to rehab the ankle, and he's expected to play. I watched Purdue on Saturday. I don't think athlete for athlete they're going to be able to hang with LSU. It would be nice to get that 10th win and not have you know a couple of losses in a row to end your season. And it looks like LSU is going to be in good shape to do that. It doesn't look like they're going to have the defections that they've had in the past. Well, that's a big thing. I, I'm To pass judgment on any of the teams that are playing a month from now is a little bit ridiculous. I can't even say that related to the four teams who that made it to the uh, championship round. I, I, it's hard to tell, what, you know, because you don't know – First of all, just not defectors, just guys who are going to be dinged up a little bit between now and then. Are they coming back? I would imagine, you know, sort of at face value, the way LSU looks right now, everybody's coming back. But I would imagine the same is going to hold true for Purdue going forward and who's going to be back. I do know this. Listen, Coach Kelly's having some brutally honest meetings with his players right now where – He's sort of setting the stage for next year. So that month off might be a little bit of a different look going forward. I'm sure he's going to reward for what happened this year, but he's getting ready for next year too. So I I don't know that we see the same thing. So I hate to pass judgment that, you know what, they're going to go out and they're going to just handle Purdue right now. But – you know, all we have to look at is what we've seen, right? And I agree with you. If we look at Purdue right now and we look at LSU right now, I think LSU certainly uh, has a lot more talent. And, and I think that Brian Kelly probably understands football in that part of the country, too, and how to get some things done. Also, it's how you handle bowl games, right? So uh, it's how they handle Florida. I would imagine Coach Kelly's been around enough to know that, you know, what he's got to do and keep his guys in line. So, uh, I look for him to do well, uh, but bowls don't surprise me at all. The outcomes of bowls are always kind of, I would imagine if you bet on football, that is the one <laughs> hardest thing to do is to bet on bowl games. You know what's crazy is, you know, you and I chatted about a month ago about, oh, will, will Deion Sanders go to Auburn? And, you know, we flirted about that and we talked about how interesting that would be. And then, you know, I'm looking at the list of availabilities. I'm saying, oh, well, maybe he's going to go to Florida Atlantic or South Florida. I'm thinking like a warm weather climate in Florida, a state he's familiar with. Nope, ends up at Colorado. If you would have told me to list 80 schools that Deion Sanders would have potentially left Jackson State for, Colorado wouldn't have been on the top 80. But here we are. He's going to the Pac-12. He is going to a Colorado program that has been terrible. 
uh, or in recent years, but he's got you know an opportunity to maybe turn them around. And he's doing some very Deion Sanders-like stuff, publicly telling his players, hey, if you want to get in the portal, that's okay. That'll clear up more room for me to get other guys. And he's do, being very vocal about how they've got to turn things around. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's going to sure be entertaining as heck to see how that plays out over in Boulder. Well, the interesting thing to me is, is were any of the other potential places that he would land even realistic? I mean, was Auburn really looking at Deion Sanders? I, I, that, it makes me wonder if Colorado was the first team, the first school that said, hey, yes, we want you, and he was ready to go. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He Listen, you and I both also said about a month ago this could be a catastrophe or it could be great. We just don't know because he's got that star power to pull people in. The one guy I keep on wondering about is the little guy he brought in, you know, the one that was supposedly the highest, you know, five-star recruit coming out. I can't remember the kid's name, and he went to Jackson State. I know he didn't play a lot this year because he was kind of dinged up. But does that guy immediately get in the portal and leave? And then, you know, if you Jackson State, you sort of scratching your head like, man, do we want to try something like this again? Because it's, you know, it's three years and, and you're out. So it certainly has ramifications. Uh, I, you know, I get it. If you have the choice of playing in the SEC or playing in the Pac-12 and you want an opportunity, maybe the Pac-12 is the place to go. Then the flip side of that is, is well, if you're going to go to Pac-12, you're going to the worst team in the Pac-12. Then the flip side of that is, is so what? It's the worst team. What do you got to lose? So you can keep on going back and forth with your positives and negatives related to him being at Colorado. But if it does work, if it does work, I would I would venture to say my my time of football, my understanding of how you win in football, I would say is sort of out the window. I'm not saying that Deion Sanders is not a good X's and O's coach, but it totally makes me believe that star power and things like that, that's the way to go going forward. So we'll see. You know what's crazy is that, okay, you know, you and I are part of the LSU fandom of, you know, hey, they could just print money, they could do whatever they want to do. If you want to storm the field, no biggie. We'll pay the $250,000 fine. That'll be covered by Monday. Colorado's AD said, like, yeah, we signed them to a five-year, $35 million deal, whatever it is. Yeah, we don't have the money for it now. We just we just hope that we'll get it. <laughs> it's just crazy to think like they're literally selling everything out to try to make this work. They don't. And you know what's funny? I was thinking of this this week. It's ironic that we're talking about that. You know that part of my thing is, is my wife and I will go travel, and I like to see different stadiums. I mean, if I'm in a city and it's not even football season or baseball season, and there's a stadium and you could go on a tour, I'm doing it. I just want to see what different people's places look like. Man, I don't think a lot of people in Louisiana realize what Tiger Stadium and the Superdome are like compared to across the country, compared to the Pac-12, where if you get a lot of people in there, it's a lot of people, you know. Uh, so I, I agree with that. I could see where they don't have the money to do it. I don't know where they're finding the money to do it, but – Again, winning solves a lot of problems, so we'll see if he can go win. I don't know how he does that quickly, and I'm sure Colorado's going to give him a little bit of time. And you mentioned it the other day on on the weekend show where, (laughs) you know, UCLA and USC are getting out of there, so maybe he sees all of that happening too. 
But you still got your Oregon, so always going to be good. I think, you know, Washington is definitely upstart. Uh, I don't understand why Arizona and Arizona State are not much better than what they are, but there's a lot of resources there, too. So we'll see how he uh, fares up with all of that. Partner, you just said winning solves a lot of problems. The New Orleans Saints were up 16-3 to with six minutes left in uh, Monday Night Football. And then in the next six minutes that followed, you had Mark Ingram go out of bounds before getting a first down. You tried to throw a pass on third and one to your number three or number four receiver. You have a costly pass interference penalty that leads to an easy Tampa score. You go three and out on your next drive with a drop pass on third down that would have won the game, though he got hit. If he makes that catch, you win the game. Then Tampa goes down the field again and scores not once but twice because the first touchdown was negated by penalty. It was a mess in every sense of the word. New Orleans blows one that would have gotten them back into the division chase, but now they're 100% out. You're four games back of Tampa, just three games back in the standings, but four games back when you figure that they have the tiebreaker, so you got to pass them up to pass them up in the standings. The Saints are now out, and it was a painful final chapter for New Orleans. It was a deal where I've always come on with you or whoever it might be and said, you know, let's let's see how it plays out with Dennis Allen. Let's let's I know it's not good right now. Let's see. Let's see. Now I can't say let's see anymore. Obviously, as a head coach, I'm not talking about as a coach in general. I think he's probably a really good excellent and old coach and he's going to land on his feet, but as far as a head coach, something's missing. Something's wrong and obviously it showed last night. Uh, boy, I got to tell you, Mark Ingram running out of bounds when he ran out of bounds. The game is won. You know, this morning I went to a taping of Saints on the Bay or Sports on the Bay over at HTV in Homa, and Bobby Abair made the comment that there was a 98.9% chance of winning if Ingram stayed in bounds on that play. All he, had, he didn't even have to get the first down if he would have fell down right there a yard short of the first down. So that's um, he also made the comment that they ought to take back any records that Mark Ingram has. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, and then uh, I got to tell you, I go back to Jarvis Landry trying to one-hand a ball, you know, going into the end zone. And Olave missed one that was like, you know, ooh, it hit him in the helmet, I think it was. Just little things that you're going, wow, you know, good teams don't do that. And obviously that's what happened last night. I realized Tom Brady is great, and I think he's the best quarterback who's played in professional football. But it sort of was handed to him on a silver platter. There is that one famous meme that's going around the day, and it shows the clock with three minutes left in the game, and Tampa Bay's down 16-3. to Three minutes left in the game, Casey. I mean, you know, and that just made me feel like all of that kind of like payback by all of the Atlanta Falcons fans who had to endure the Saints ragging them for the last few years of that comeback because that was brutal. Of course, it's not on the same level, but that was brutal. And if you wanted to finally say, okay, it's over, at least you had that. At least once that game was done, you could go to bed and say, okay, it's over. You know, who's going to be the quarterback? Like, are there the 49ers are, are interested in Baker Mayfield, right? Uh, because of the Garoppolo injury, but they're being told someone's going to claim Baker Mayfield, so he's not going to be available to them. 
Will New Orleans kick that tire? Will it be a try to trade for Carr in the offseason, which, again, is a catch-22 because then that costs you draft assets and he's expensive. Will it be a Garoppolo trade in the offseason, which, again, would cost you assets and would be expensive? Where do they turn? Do they make a middle-round draft pick and hope to hit big like the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott? Like, Where do they go at the quarterback position? Because Brian says this all the time. You say this all the time. Really doesn't matter what you have with the rest of your roster. If you're not good in the center in the NFL, it doesn't matter. The Saints have a good defense. They have pretty good weapons, decent offensive line, but they're four nine because they don't have a good quarterback. Well, you say that, and I agree with you. I don't think the quarterback of the future obviously is on the Saints roster right now. But it was not the quarterback last night. Oh no, 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 that, absolutely. That that I think that. Andy Dalton could be a good holdover for the Saints. I think Andy Dalton probably woke up this morning and went, wow, I've never been a part of it. And listen, I've been in Cincinnati, but I've never been a part of something that fell apart like that. And there's a few times where, again, he put the ball right in the gut, right in the hands, right on the numbers. So that being said, last night I, I certainly don't don't look at it that way. But I agree with you going forward. There is not that guy. There is it, boy. That didn't make you appreciate Drew Brees. I mean, it's like I was sitting there last night. It did two things last night. You know, w- when I saw it and the game was over, and I realized oh, it's all over. One, we underappreciated Drew Brees because he's absolutely great. And two, man, I really just li- dislike Sean Payton because he just got out of Dodge. Right? I think he's a great coach. <laughs> But he just got out of Dodge while he could get out of Dodge, and that's what he did. So, yeah, I I don't know where you get the quarterback at. That's a great question because I don't see it on the horizon, that's for sure. The last question, and it's only a question that was prompted based on something you just said. This morning on Tom Brady's podcast, Sean Payton said, yeah, I'll be coaching sooner rather than later. And then he also made the joke of, yeah, who says Tom has to go to Fox next year? Who says Tom has to go to Fox anytime soon? They're still flirting and whispering that they're going to team up somewhere. Man, Peyton's going to be back next season, and there's, at least from what he's saying, a chance, and he's flirting, maybe even tampering to an extent, that he's going to try to drag Tom Brady somewhere with him. Wouldn't that be something? Well, again, it sort of cheapens me to Sean Peyton. Like Sean Peyton is done with the, you know, what the Lakers did and what the Rams did and what – LeBron does when he tries to go to Miami and, you know, set the world on fire or uh, what, 10 years ago or whatever with basketball. It's like, I am not good on just developing a player. I need that guy who's a superstar already. And he and I together can go to the Super Bowl. But I also have to realize that's the way it's done today. Uh, it, my, my way of developing people way back when, that no longer exists. Now it's get the best coaches with the best talent together. It's almost like we're playing travel NFL football. <laughs> you know, it's travel <laughs> ball. You get the best people, you, 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 you know, and unfortunately a lot of people get sort of left by the wayside. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, he, he will end up somewhere next year, Sean Payton, that is, and he is going to have a heck of a quarterback and I'll be in line rooting against him. <laughs> Brody, thanks so much for the time. Good job, as always. Can't wait for Saturday, man. Talk to you later, Casey. Everybody take care. Yep, that is Stan Gravod doing an, in, uh, an excellent job, as always. Very interesting, his commentary there on 
uh, Brady and Peyton. I, you know, they were rumored for Miami. And, you know, they're rumored to be partners. And, you know, he's going on his podcast. And what it, at some point where there is an overwhelming amount of dark smoke, there's probably a flame there. And I don't know what city it's going to be that Peyton ends up. Because, look, obviously, if he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers, which is where the rumor is they're not going to get rid of Justin Herbert to get Tom Brady. But if it's another city, who knows? Who knows? They can maybe make that happen. But the Saints completely gagged one away, and I'll talk about that in the next segment of the show, give you my thoughts. It's play-by-play on KLEB. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. It's the Big Finner Sales event right now at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. You know how I talk often about how the bumper musics play randomly? And I put one into the system and I don't have a clue what it is. Sometimes it's, you know, Ty Tribbett and the gospel song that you hear. Sometimes it's Taylor Swift. Sometimes it's wrestling music. Sometimes it's the NWO, ACDC. Right now it's Hulk Hogan. The New Orleans Saints don't deserve this song. Hulk Hogan never lost. The New Orleans Saints never win. The Saints don't deserve this song. 
They don't deserve to have this song played nor associated with them. This is a great song, and the Saints are terrible. It is play-by-play on KLEB. I'm going to thank our sponsors, and then I'm going to tell you why the New Orleans Saints are are god-awful, and they got the result that they predictably were expected to get last night. Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bent's RV located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. And Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Um, I try to be very open-minded about admitting whenever I'm wrong. I try to do my best to admit whenever I'm wrong. But damn, it feels good to be right sometimes, too. I was the only radio person that I could think of. I listen to a lot of the stuff across the hall with Gus, and I hear a lot of the reporters that he has come on. And by and large... They're not realistic. They're just fans. They're just telling you what they hope happens. I co-hosted Gus's show a couple of times over the summer and had some of those reporters on. And I remember vividly asking the question to two of those reporters who cover the team daily. I'm not going to mention names. And I said, it feels like this is an interesting Saints year because if things go right, this could be a team that wins 10-11 games. But if things go wrong, this could be a team that goes 5-12. and And basically got told, nah, the floor's not that low. Everything's going to go well. Uh, Everything's all right. Hey, Winston's back. Uh, Dennis Allen, he's going to keep the train rolling. Ah, Everything's good. Don't worry about that. At at worst, they're going to win eight, nine games. Ah, Everything's good. Well, it sure looks like things have gone poorly in New Orleans. The Saints are four and nine, and they're a mess. Dennis Allen is not an NFL head coach. He's not. He's a good defensive coordinator when he's got good players. As a head coach, nah, bro. Pete Carmichael, you call plays in an offense that isn't your own. You're not capable of being the Saints offensive coordinator, bro. There's a reason why when Dennis Allen took the Saints job, He waited almost a month before hiring Carmichael as his offensive coordinator, despite having him in-house. Tried to hire anybody under the sun that he could find, but ended up going back to Carmichael. Why? Because everybody knew that he wouldn't be capable of doing the job to a high level. Last night, New Orleans had the entire house of cards collapse from under them. It was exposed that you're not good on offense, situationally, You're not that good on defense, but when the defensive line broke down in the last four or five minutes, Tampa was going through you like butter. You're terrible at at the head coaching position, and you have a group that doesn't know how to win and doesn't have the youth to get better to learn how to win, doesn't have the salary cap space to add to your roster, don't have the draft picks, don't have a head coach, don't have a quarterback. I could go on and on and on and on. This is going to be a dark period for New Orleans And it ain't going to get brighter anytime soon because in the offseason, here's what's going to happen. One of two things will happen. Either Gail Benson will 
caved to the internal pressure and fired Dennis Allen, at which time they're going to likely hire an offensive coach, which will mean that the defense is going to probably get worse because they'll have to learn a new system. Your offense is not going to get tremendously better because you don't have a quarterback. And then your team next year will have a little bit of a better offense, but probably a much worse defense, and you're going to still be stuck in the mud playing below 500 football. Or you run it back with Dennis Allen, the fans revolt, and he's a lame duck, and he gets fired in the middle of next season. None of those two things sound appealing, right? New Orleans gave this game away to Tampa last night. Gave it away. Mark Ingram should not be allowed to play another down of football for the New Orleans Saints this season. I get it. He got injured on the play. You could see something grabbed and he got hurt. Bro, crawl across the first down sticks. Do anything besides what you did, which is run out of bounds a half yard short. But we can't even give him the full blame, right? Because on third and a foot, then on the next play, you throw a low percentage pass to Callaway, who's a guy who's been in the league for now like five years who hadn't done a damn thing since being in New Orleans instead of jamming it up the middle and running it and getting the first down. You get the ball back after Tampa scores. You're throwing a a seam route to a guy who's not a wide receiver. He's listed as a tight end, but he's not a wide receiver. He's a gizmo. He's a gadget. He gets hit pretty hard, doesn't hang on to the grab. I get that. But a real receiver probably does hang on to that one and probably does get the first down. And then Tampa just carves you up like a turkey. When it was 16-3, to that game should have been long over. You're, you're not good in the red zone. You know why you're not good in the red zone? Because you don't have a good play caller. You don't have a good quarterback. You're not good situationally late in games. You know why? Because you don't have a head coach who has a clue what he's doing. New Orleans is in for a dark period, and I've been trying to warn everyone all offseason that this is what was going to happen. For years, New Orleans should have started their rebuild, but refused to because they were chasing that one more run. Oh, we got one more left in us. For years, New Orleans needed a culture change, but instead of replacing Sean Payton with somebody outside of the building and starting that process, we hired his partner. Uh, let's just run it back. Our culture is good. We hired his partner. Despite the fact that New Orleans in 2021 wasn't good, so there was no reason to run that back, despite the fact that in 2020, New Orleans wasn't particularly good then either. This is a Saints team that needs to try something different. They need to get some different blood in that locker room. And I know you guys are yelling and screaming, oh, 2020, we were good. We were 12-4. and four. Yeah, you lost to you lost to Tampa in the second round of the playoffs, then, didn't you? Sorry, I keep sneezing. I'm allergic to the Saints, apparently. 2019, 13-3, right? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you lost your first playoff game then. It's a Saints team that is in need of some new blood because the old system was predicated on having Drew Brees. Drew Brees is no longer there. So it's time to try something different. It's time to try something different. And it's quite frankly, more importantly than trying something different, it's time to just rebuild the damn thing. Something that frankly they should have done a couple of years ago now. I've got our betting picks here. 
Uh, we'll give them to you. We'll let you know how we think this is all going to go down in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> had some fun NBA results last night. And look, for as much as everybody's complaining about the Saints, the Pelicans are actually playing well. That's good to see. They're doing some really good things. Happy for them. Happy for their fans. Um, tonight in the NBA, I like Denver minus five over Dallas at home. Denver's usually really good, really reliable. I like over 225 for the Cavs and the Lakers. The Lakers don't defend. The Cavs get scored pretty well. In the world of college basketball today, I like, let me see, let me pull this one out. I like um, Arkansas over, or excuse me, Arkansas and UNC Greensboro over 135 and a half. I think those teams are going to score. I think it'll be a little bit of a shootout there. Arkansas plays that pressure defense, that up-tempo style. And then the last one that I'll give you, I like Vermont minus five over Dartmouth. No, I'll give you one more. I'll give you Houston over 137.5 over North Florida. Um, so those are our picks today, and we hope that everybody will um, have some success in whatever it is that they do on the FanDuel or Caesars or you know, Barstool, whatever app that you use. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. We're at South Lafouche and Jesuit. Varsity will start around 7 o'clock. Uh, can't wait. We'll have Coach Kale and, and the Turtle, and everybody will be joining us there. Tomorrow we'll have Lady Tarp in action against Thibodeau. So we've got two straight games or two straight nights of games that will bring to you back to back. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I want to thank Coach James Schilling. I want to thank Mike Scarborough and also thank Stan Gravoff for his time. We had three really good guests today. This will be a show that you guys will want to catch in the archives if you're just tuning in right now. Tomorrow, uh, we've got Brody Williams that I'm going to try to have on every Wednesday, really throughout the course of the season. I'm going to try to have Taylor Griffin on to talk about tarpon basketball. And you know how Turtle and I do. We'll talk about everything in between. And we've got our mailbag questions from the listeners as well. So we're going to put a pin in it right here. Going to go and grab a bite to eat and get my get myself ready for our basketball call tonight. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you guys. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.